This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape, your host from Community Waikato. And today I have with me Ray Mudford. Ray is a community... Can I call you a community activist or would you just... How would you describe yourself? I wouldn't say activist. Yeah. I would say a community supporter. Okay, and, and, and actually that's probably perfectly described. We're having a conversation today about community boards. And Ray, you've, you've had a, an active role um, in, I suppose, um, presenting to the council and trying to convince them of the value of community boards. Um, and uh, alongside myself, and, and we've had a pretty good team of others who are pretty excited about um, this as an option for village democracy. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what community boards are. Um, we're going to talk about the council decision around boards. We, we're going to talk about um, the commission's decision, and we're going to talk about the future. You all good with that? Sounds good. Fantastic. Let's just jump straight in. Um, before we get too far into it, tell us a little bit about your background. So who are you and how did you come to kind of be in this space? Oh, my, my background started uh, some years ago, as one can guess. The, uh, actually, I, I was involved as a telephone technician here in Hamilton and uh, was one of the team who built Caro Street Telephone Exchange. And from that, uh, myself, we were married in 1973. Uh, we have three children. Uh, one is living in Australia with his family and the other two are living here in Hamilton with their families. So we, we're very much, uh, we've been around, we've been around all New Zealand, uh, we've worked worldwide as well, uh, have some experiences both worldwide and domestically. Yeah. So we're able to try and bring that experience, I guess, into the way in which uh, we can improve the communication between our community and our elected members. Mm. So is this something that's concerned you for a while, the communication between our, our council, our elected members and um, our, our broad communities across Hamilton City? Yes, it has. Um, it actually, really, the journey started about 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, we owned a hotel here in Hamilton, and uh, one of the uh, issues of the day was the Novotel. Yeah. And because it was competing mm. with the private sector, and so I took it on board to actually, you know, discuss that uh, through the normal means uh, with council and discovered that um, one of the issues that we as uh, community members uh, have is the ability for us to actually sit around the table and openly discuss the subject matter. You know, so for example, today uh, we're entitled to four minutes of presentation uh, to council on any particular subject that's off on the council agenda. The issue with that is that the council members are given weeks to discuss that and the staff are given months. And so, it's, it's, in my view, it's distorted mm. in terms of the ability for us as community members to bring our strengths mm. uh, into the dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point. And also, that window of when you can have that conversation is pretty short too. So the date is determined and the time. And that clashes for people who are full-time employees and... 
correct, you know, and correct. people with responsibilities. So yeah, yeah. A lot of these a lot of these um, uh, presentations are done during working hours. That's right. And we know the pressure on families these days. You know, we think about the housing issue today. Um, how both members of the family and the children often are now working to actually try and even buy a house, let mm. alone um, support one. And and so these issues are real alive for us today. And it's, um, I guess, how do we actually um, uh, create a forum whereby those who are in the work, who are working, um, who are um, working through the day-to-day struggles, how do we allow them mm. the opportunity to have their voice? Yeah. When when you took this to council, how did you find? Because you, you've you've presented to council a, a few times now, I suppose about um, about this mechanism. And actually, before we go into the mechanism, can you describe for me your understanding of what a community board actually is? Well, a community board can it's it's a legal formed um, entity. Um, it's in the legislation. And so if it has automatically a framework around it. Um, the, the structure of the board uh, can be localised, so it can be driven by the local needs, um, and the uh, constitution of the board can also be written in terms of the needs for that particular community. Mm. So it, although the, uh, the, the framework is legal, it actually has some flexibility in it. There's a nuance to help reflect what's happening in very specific communities. Yes. And my understanding too is that um, people who um, make up the board can be both um, elected or appointed. So there's a minimum number of elected members. Correct. Four, four I think it was. Something like that. And um, you can have yeah uh, additional appointed members to ensure you get perhaps the representation across your community. True. And the key, a key difference between the uh, political framework and the board framework is that the political framework, as we know today, uh, people can be elected on to as, as a representative of the community yes. from a wi- very wide area. You know, they don't have to be living in that particular location. That's right, yeah. Whereas with the board, they actually have to be in the board's boundary. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some value in that because, you know, when we were looking at um, distribution of elected members across the city and historically as well, Correct. we can see these elected members, um, and good on them for putting their hands up, I'm not, not disputing that at all, but certainly it seems that there are parts of our city have been particularly well represented by um, elected members and other parts of our city who haven't seen an elected member come from their community. And and that raises some challenges potentially. It also yeah that's true. But also too, the elected members are, are daily um, working with staff to work through particular policy issues and financial issues, um, and the uh, demand on their time is such that very few of them, if any, can actually provide their time in the community itself. Particularly too, when you consider you know family pressures and, and the like, there mm. has to be some balance. Whereas with the community board process, they're not political. Mm. They're not being driven by politics. They're actually being driven by the um, I, I guess the uh, not, demands. Not quite the right word, but the the needs uh, and the, the opportunities. Me- and yeah, and the opportunity, particularly the opportunities that there are. In, in, in the neighbourhood. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and also, too, I think we've got to consider that various localities have different needs. So, for example, the needs in Enderley, for example, are quite different 
to what they are in Rotatuna. Mm. And this allows the, the Endley uh, team to actually build their particular um, yeah. story and promote that story. And the same with Rotatuna. They can build their stories mm. and, and promote their stories separately. Do you think it leads to though, potentially segregation between communities? I would hope not. I would, I would hope that there is a, a mechanism whereby the representatives from each of those community boards actually get together and parlay so that a, a solid, coherent proposal is going to council. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So in terms of speaking of proposals going to council, you have come up and, and spoken to council on a number of occasions about community boards. Can you talk about your experience doing that and, and how, what the response has been like at a council level? Uh, my, uh, I guess the feedback I see from the council um, is that they agree that there needs to be improvement in the way it's done today. Yeah, so I think, I think you're right. Like, There's definitely an appetite for better democratic process and, and democratic participation. Correct. Yes. The question is whether it's going far enough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, what would council like to see? Like, how do you think they would like to see those issues resolved? If well, you can answer that, I, I know that's... Well, it's interesting that the um, during the appeal process that we all attended, uh, the mayor did say that we needed to have a wide, healthy discussion. And to me, that says that even though the council are proposing two community committees, that that isn't necessarily the answer. What it has done, it started the dialogue. And that's the important bit, that we're now open to sitting around the table and talking about the pathway forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, community committees, how did they differ from a community board? Um, the community committees have no legal standing. Um, I guess we've had committees of this sort before. Mm. Um, there's been the elders... Uh, committee that was, dis that was disbanded yep. by one particular mayor. Yes, has been the youth committee. Yes, I don't know that exists today. No, that was um, disbanded, I believe, under that same mayor. Okay, <laughs> and there've been a, a range of other initiatives. Yep. again, um, that could be how's what um, accepted or denied mm. by the political agenda of the day. Under the community board structure, that's not possible. Um, there's a budget attached to community boards. Um, do you think that that would be a concern for residents generally when the council are already talking about like a 10% rate increase again? I guess one, one of the challenges there is the distribution of the funds. And uh, I guess uh, we're all familiar with the likes of the Wairiri Drive Bridge, where that started off with a budget of 30 million. It's now 50 plus million. Um, and so from a community perspective, we ask the question, why? And if, although I understand it's capital and not operating budgets, one could imagine that the same applies to other areas of the business. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you're absolutely bang on there. <laughs> we're going to take a bit of a break. We're going to listen to a song. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and we're going to talk a little bit about what the future might hold. I suppose they could be true All about love 
It's Holly here with Connect with Community Waikato talking to Ray Mudford about community boards. Um, fascinating solution um, to uh, perhaps a broken democracy, but we'll get to that in a minute. But before we do, I just want to ask a little bit about um, why are we here now? Like, what? Tell us a little bit about the history of why we've got here and then how we can move forward. Right. What, what came to our attention was uh, one of the local government New Zealand experts quoted. New Zealand reform of local government in 1989, which consolidated 828 local bodies into 87 territorial and regional councils, contributed to a major democratic deficit. That's been supported more recently by the Local Government Commission twice, uh, once in 2018, said that we needed to think more and more about how council worked with the various community groups Mm. in Hamilton. And then in 2022, which again was only this year, the same message was repeated. There's also been a review into the future of local government in 2021. And their interim interim report said that current arrangements do not ensure that diverse communities are adequately represented. Okay, so how is it? Um, how's it sort of broken then and how do we how do we go about like what are the components of that how are they not represented I, I guess it's, it's uh, a simple message for me would be that they don't have a voice yeah and and people have I guess over time have tried uh, repeatedly to communicate um, their I guess aspirations mm. uh, to council and felt they haven't been listened to mm. And this approach that we're taking today is an attempt to try and resolve that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough too. So what about sort of some of those components then to democracy? Yes, the, I mentioned before that you know, as an individual, we're given four minutes to yeah. present <laughs> yeah. uh, to, the, to the council. Um, there's no community face-to-face debate on complex matters. And they are complex. Yeah. You know, if we talk about roading, for example, very few of us are roading experts. That's right. But if we're educated, we will know more about why things are happening the way they are yeah. and maybe influence some of the decisions that are being made. There's no wider commu- community engagement. And, and so because of that, we end up with uh, action groups mm. you know, putting their particular point of view through and sometimes we see, though, the uh, I guess the actions taking place through the budgetary process to address their particular concerns. But what hasn't happened is that the impact on the wider community is only addressed that very very small uh, element mm. in our community. The other interesting thing we're being exposed to is um, online surveys, mm. which have leading questions and tick box answers. So again, we're not able to express what we mean when we tick the box. And mm. if we do, we're not sure that the results are actually being forwarded, forwarded through to the decision makers. Yeah, and I think um, a really good example of that was when we first put in submissions. Yes. And, and that didn't necessarily get through in its um, intended format, did it? Correct. <laughs> yes. Correct. And um, Founders is another example. Yes. Yeah, where the community were asked particular questions leading yeah. to a particular answer. And uh, we found that really unhealthy. Mm. Um, and the community presentations by staff, and, they, and, they, and staff do go out in the community and, and talk with, with uh, various people, but there's no option for formal feedback. Mm. And so the, the mind of the community never seems to go into the uh, final solution. 
Yeah. The, I guess the other thing that we've come across in our research is the local government review group reports that only about 30% of voters have retained faith in local government. Mm. On that basis, is it surprising that central government considers something is wrong? <laughs> yeah. um, and the big challenges we have in our community are climate change. We're mm. all aware that the climate is changing for a whole variety of reasons. Poverty is another issue for us. The loss of hope for the future. And then we see the extreme actions of what happened in Wellington. Mm. All symptoms of trust. Yeah. And uh, I guess the, the solution to these issues will not occur without community education, open dialogue, and a commitment from the community. And we see community boards as a solution for this. Yeah. What was being proposed with the community boards um, for Hamilton City? What was being proposed? Nothing's being proposed at this stage. Oh, in terms of the proposal that first went to council? Um, it was more about um, starting a small, yeah. uh, starting with the deprived communities first, uh, getting the model to work, changing the model to suit the, that particular those community groups, yeah. and then expanding the number of locations from four through to seven. Yeah. Um, the areas we were talking about was the likes of Enderley, yeah. Uh, Melville, yeah. Um, Norton, and C- the CBD. CBD. And the CBD is an interesting one, isn't it? Mm. You know, um, we got more and more people living in the CBD, but but particularly not just because of um, new accommodation going in the CBD, but also the hotels that have been used for emergency accommodation. Correct. Seen a whole lot of issues arise in the CBD. Correct. And we were seeing the likes of the Founders Theatre. Yes. Well, actually, Founders, as we're calling it now, yeah, as being a home for the distribution of knowledge mm. and also uh, community experience uh, for the CBD. Yeah. So there are some opportunities. So if we turn a little bit to the future and think, well, you know, what what could it be? You know, I mean, Founders is an interesting um, example that you raise as, as a, what we talked a little bit before about opportunities in communities. And, and actually, then if you've got a community board, they can really see where those opportunities are and start to leverage them. Yes, I think so. And, and in summary, um, it's all about village democracy. Yes. It's yeah. very, very simple. It's small groups working together for the betterment of their particular community and the well-being of so their community. So in a sense, the future's a little bit like going back to the past, you know, in that, in that smaller communities, yep. more connected, being able to feed through them to the strategic oversight, which is the elected council members. Correct. And and giving voice to the silent majority. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also to uh, developing a community of interest leadership. Mm. Um, that's important too. We don't seem to do that. Um, and I think it's an opportunity for younger ones yeah. to uh, develop their skills and hone their skills in a leadership role. And it would be great. You know, you could see, I'm sure, that, that represented further down the line when we start having perhaps greater diversity and age range sitting on our councils. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And that would be a very positive move, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just think of my eight-year-old. Yes. What a contribution he could make. Yeah. <laughs> my, my grandson, I should yeah. say. Um and and you know the things that the community, the community boards could initiate, uh, their projects could be gully restoration. Yeah, we don't need the big boys with the big tractors yeah. doing this sort of work. We need blokes and women 
um, with um, wheelbarrows and shovels. Yes, yeah. Like how we used to do it. Yeah, set of gun boots and, yes. and and we get some of those projects kind of happening, but they're driven by council, and there's often greater success when it's driven by community. Yes. Um, but gully restoration is a great example because we have fantastic gullies throughout the whole city. We do. And and what a beautiful asset they are. And it's a beautiful network. Yeah, you yeah. Know, of uh, being able to move from one suburb to another. That's right. Another another important uh, project is safe corridors for schools. Yeah. How often do we, at three o'clock, go down, say, Wairiri Drive, and, oh, blow, I picked the wrong road today. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the other thing we notice, too, is maintenance shortfall. Yeah. You know, for example, if there's a mm. street that I travel down, the um, the roots of a tree is still sitting there after the... Uh, tree fell down a few weeks ago. Yes, and yet other areas are being their um, flowers and that are being maintained. Well, so there seems to be an um, imbalance. I noticed the solution in the area I come from is putting a cone, essentially on the road by where the tree roots are. Yes, to indicate go around. Yes. That's that's the solution. <laughs> uh, another <a> obstacle. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you know the idea is to improve the well-being of the most disadvantaged neighbourhoods. And support to existing proposed community facilities. Yeah, that's yeah. the outcomes that we think in the in the short term that we'll be striving to achieve. Yeah. So in, in the you know two minutes we've got left, um, where to from here? So so the council decision initially was no, but community committees saying we'll explore. Um, took it to appeal. The commission said, "All right, we'll support the council to look into these community committees in the first instance and mm-hmm. see what happens there." So, so what happens at this point, Ray? We've we've had some of us have had a communication from council, which is excellent. It's uh, opening up an opportunity for dialogue. Uh, the tool that we're using is Zoom. Uh, initially, we'll see how well that works for us because I'm, I'm around the table man. Yep. <laughs> um, and we will f- we'll provide feedback on that um, on that dialogue system. If it doesn't work, we'll need to change it yeah. in order for us to get the next step towards um, improving our community. Yeah. Um, and, and if it works out that community boards or community committees are the way to do it, um, are we likely to see? Um, another drive towards community boards in the future? I think it's an evolution, mm. uh, which I think is a much better approach than a revolution. Yes. And I, I think uh, at this particular point in time, the name doesn't actually really matter. Yeah. I think it's more, more about how we can actually provide uh, an appropriate solution for the community of Hamilton. Beautiful. I think that's that's marvellous, Ray. And, and I must say, I'm really pleased that you're on board with this project and it's been fantastic working alongside you um, and looking forward to seeing how we fare in the next few years. Well, thank you, Holly, for the <laughs> opportunity to speak. And um, we will update our listeners um, as this progresses. Um, we'll make sure you know how you can feed into this project as well of where, where and when those opportunities are. That is us for another week. You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato and Free FM 89.0. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts.
This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.